Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning Top Doc Show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to MAG Insurance Agency for its support as a sponsor. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Top Docs. I'm your host and MAG Government Relations Director and General Counsel, Bethany Scher. Today's episode addresses ways to avoid burnout and promote wellness among physicians in training, including medical students and residents and fellows. This show is part of MAG's GRIT campaign, which is being funded by a grant from Alliant Health Solutions. GRIT stands for Georgia's Resilience Innovation Team. Go to mag.org backslash GRIT for details on the GRIT campaign. Our first guest is Dr. Tracy Henry, who is an associate professor of medicine at the Emory University School of Medicine and a clinical educator and attending physician in both inpatient and outpatient care. Our second guest is Dr. Candy Nobles-James, who is the associate dean of student affairs at Mercer University School of Medicine and a member of the school's wellness committee. Our sincere thanks for joining us today. I'd like to begin by asking Dr. Henry to define burnout. Well, thank you so much for having me here today. And um, first of all, I, I always like to, when I'm discussing burnout, um, it's just to remind people that burnout is a systems issue and not the result of personal failure or particular self-characteristics. Uh, and But burnout in, is a syndrome of emotional exhaustion, uh, depersonalization, where uh, the physician, the trainee, the, the learner de has decreased empathy towards patients and even other people in themselves, and a low sense of personal accomplishment that is primarily attributed to stress-related, uh, work-related stressors. And there's this age-old debate as to whether or not depression is the same as burnout or is burnout the same as depression. And the confusion really lies in the fact that a lot of the symptoms of burnout overlap with depression, such as loss of interest, impaired concentration, uh, decreased energy. And so a lot of that can confuse uh, sometimes when we say, you know, is it burnout or depression? But burnout can also lead to mental health concerns like depression, anxiety. So it's very serious, very real. Uh, many experts uh, seem to um, subscribe to the fact that if you remove the stressors such as work conditions that have improved or you've changed work or job or you finished your training and you feel better that perhaps in those stress uh, that you that you removed uh, and attributed to burnout, you can also just say that was burnout and not depression because after you remove the stressor, you felt better. So what are some of the telltale signs of burnout, Dr. Nobles-James? Thank you so much for having me today, Bethany. So some of the signs of emotional exhaustion would include medical students being able to recharge after a test or a shift or after some vacation time and then starting back to work or to school still visibly drained. The professional demeanor may go by the wayside and, and be replaced with short temper irritability or argumentative behavior, residents begin to express feelings of dread about the work day or the work week and describe his or her workload as insurmountable or overwhelming. Fellows become forgetful, they have poor focus and are inattentive, and trainees are exhausted and yet have insomnia at the same time. So listen for that 
wired and tired phenomenon. So some signs of depersonalization among trainees would be them being cynical or showing up um, with a lack of enthusiasm and en enjoyment or progressing to even anxiety and pessimism. They may develop a resentment or an indifference toward patients and start to complain about patients in a callous way. Students may appear uncooperative and unwilling to collaborate or share information with other students or, or other people that they're working with. Fellows may seem to isolate and exhibit a avoidant behaviors. They may opt out of lunch parties or lunch offices. Um, they may habitually arrive late so that they don't have to interact with other people as much in the office. And trainees who are burned out also may seem angry. So some of the symptoms of, of students having a decreased sense of personal accomplishment might give way to something like pessimism. Um, and lead to hopelessness and apathy and a really a why bother attitude. This can met, manifest as uh, a lack of appropriate follow-up or inadequate record keeping. It may result in procrastination or not studying for that ne next exam. They may have forgotten why they went into the medical field and they may procrastinate on filling out that heiress application or hesitate on looking for that first job out of residency. And to what extent are students, residents and fellows experiencing burnout today, Dr. Henry? Thank you, Bethany. Uh, that's an excellent question. And uh, burnout has a prevalence of nearly 50% in not only our practicing physicians, but also those in training. So our residents, our fellows, and our medical students. And uh, about 25% of those uh, in residency training also develop clinical depression. And there's one particular study that I always uh, like to cite, and it's by Dr. Uh, Mazurkowitz. It was done in 2008 at Mount Sinai. And basically she interviewed or actually surveyed third year medical students in August, so at the beginning of their clinical year. And she found that 71% of those medical students in their third year met the criteria for burnout. And even uh, similarly, there was another study done at um, the Icon School of Medicine at uh, Mount Sinai as well, the Internal Medicine Residency Program. And this was in 2006. And basically they interviewed all the interns at intern orientation before they started residency. And they had about a 94% response rate and they found about a third of those 34% were already experiencing burnout. And this is before they even started residency. So this tells us that there are things that are happening that are system related that are happening in medical school uh, and continue on throughout our training. And as a result of all that, uh, these results of having these high prevalence rates of burnout leads to medical errors, uh, depersonalization, depression, and even substance use disorder uh, in our physicians. And I also want to point out that even once we, in 2011, when ACGME implemented the 80-hour work week, we thought that was going to de decrease burnout rates. And what we saw is that it did not significantly decrease burnout rates. And so burnout has uh, less to do with how much time per se. I mean, it, it had some effect on burnout rates, but not significantly. And it's more so about the quality of the time, whether or not we have meaning in our work, whether or not we have control over our time, and, and are we actually doing clinical stuff or non-clinical things and the work intensity. And how has COVID-19 exacerbated this problem, Dr. Novus James? 
So residents have been especially vulnerable to burnout during COVID-19, and that's partly because of the long work hours, the inexperience, the lack of control over assignments. Many residents have been assigned to areas of the hospital that they aren't or weren't uh, originally you know, supposed to be in. Um, the responsibilities have been huge. The lack of evidence-based guidelines for treating COVID-19, as well as the overwhelming grief of losing so many patients without adequate support to handle those huge losses. Residents and students have excessive workloads with higher patient volumes, more frequent overnight calls, and physicians in training have many non-workplace stressors related to COVID-19 as well, including worrying about their own health, the health of their family members um, during this time. And how can burnout undermine a trainee's professional goals? So burnout can produce feelings of futility and alienation, and it, it oftentimes influences specialty choice for many medical students. Data suggests that burnout may erode medical students' professionalism qualities like honesty, integrity, altruism, and self-regulation. Trainees may withdraw instead of reaching out to clinical or research mentors. Students who are uh, burned out score significantly lower on national standardized examinations, and they may not qualify for specialties that they would have been suited for if they had not been burned out. They may become impaired and not recognize the need for help. Students who are burned out have thoughts of dropping out of medical school, and residents who are burned out oftentimes have thoughts of changing specialty or, or even abandoning medicine altogether. And how can burnout affect patient care? So trainees who are burned out, that's a great question. Trainees who are burned out are less likely to appropriately manage conflicts of interest with patients. They're less likely to report impaired colleagues. They're less likely to endorse appropriate practicing, uh, prescribing practices. Um, they're more likely to make medical errors and document a physical exam component that was not performed. Um, overall, they um, perform more poorly than they would have in taking care of their patients than they would have if they had not been burned out. So clearly burnout is a huge issue. What steps can hospitals and healthcare systems take to promote resident wellness, Dr. Henry? Thank you, Bethany. And, you know, again, I'm a home in on the point that a lot of uh, the burnout that we feel in, uh, in healthcare and our systems is really driven by system space and not necessarily individual. But um, with that said, there are things that are higher level interventions that may, residents probably say it's what's way beyond me, but the higher level interventions could be the time that we spend in charting, you know, the pajama time. A lot of our residents are just trying to get through the day and, and even taking some of that home. So there's no uh, separation of uh, church and state, so to speak, you know, work is always and everywhere, even at home. And we really need to start teaching our learners uh, how to set boundaries and having a healthcare system that there's, no, we, you know, not death by a a thousand clicks where you can get things done within the time allowed when you're with the patient. So uh, in decreasing administrative burdens, but then outside of, you know, those really high level things that we're all working on and MAG's working on and all organized medicine groups are, are working on, there are other workplace interventions like uh, workload modifications, 
increasing diversity of work due to duties, uh, stress management training, mentoring, emotional intelligence training. So there's things that can be done um, in the workplace to facilitate um, trainees uh, in, to, to facilitate uh, decreasing burnout and promoting wellness. Uh, and then there's other things that we can do like individual things that they can set up like storytelling and exercise, but systems level will be decreasing administrative burdens and also some of the other workplace interventions I previously mentioned. And what action can medical schools take to reduce burnout among students? Right. And again, like I said, a lot of the burnout starts in medical school. So there are so many different things uh, just from top down, making sure that your medical school has a dean of students or director of student affairs or director of student well-being. Uh, those are the folks who are truly invested in the well-being um, and the infrastructure and resources and providing those for our medical students. Having a robust physical and mental health services for our students. So if they do need help, there are people on board. There are some schools have a full-time psychologists and full-time psychiatrists with hours throughout the day uh, where you can even drop in if you feel that you're needing assistance. Our particular medical school, we have uh, small groups and small group advisors. So we have this sort of one-on-one -on -one advisement uh, and social connectedness that our students are feeling because they're part of this small group and connectivity and they're able to share, um, you know, what's going on and practices and how to, uh, you know, to better uh, get through medical school with Without all of the burnout. And then one other thing that has uh, been studied very uh, recently is optimizing the curriculum. And so they've studied all the very parts of curriculum, whether or not you have lectures or small groups or clinical time or workload and how much time you spend studying for your steps. The one thing that has shown to decrease burnout rates in medical school and medical students was actually going past fail. And so a lot of schools have done that. And, and they've shown that schools that have gone past fail have significantly decreased rates of, of burnout. Um, and then if you were not past fail, the students have higher stress levels, were 60% more likely to consider dropping out. Um, and they had double the rates of burnout as other medical schools. And so those are a lot of things that we can do, which is optimizing the curriculum in the medical school arena. So what role should faculty play? And so faculty uh, have a really key role and, you know, we can minimize a lot of the stress that our learners are feeling. And a lot of that has to do with around evaluations. And I remember as a medical student wondering, when is that test score going to come back? And I need to know what the score is so I know what to do and how to study next time. Uh, and so that's one of the cited things that we can do as faculty is giving consistent uh, feedback that uh, that they can actually implement that's tangible, having regular conversations, being approachable, and also uh, making sure that your evaluations are back in a, in a timely fashion. Uh, another thing that uh, we can do is foster reciprocal relationships, uh, help trainees feel valued, and uh, making sure that the learning environment is optimal. Great tips. So how important are professional mentors in this context, Dr. Nobles-James? The benefits of having a professional mentor to prevent burnout in trainees is invaluable. Mentors provide a positive impact on professional development, on relationship building, on personal fulfillment, sharing knowledge, self-reflection. They can give uh, students, residents, and fellows ideas for many, many ways to, to live healthy and enjoy life and not be burned out. 
So are there any innovative wellness programs or best practices that really stand out for you? Uh, Definitely. I think best practices would include educating faculty to identify and address the symptoms of burnout when they see them, including the symptoms of distress. Um, Administer system-wide assessments to the trainees to determine how many learners are burned out and what the perception is and what they need. Programs to promote mindfulness are very important that can alleviate anxiety, Breathing exercises, daily physical exercise, you know, can help students to relax when they feel overwhelmed, and we need to encourage these things. We can push for balanced schedules for trainees, making sure that they have enough time off, Um, making sure that trainees have mentors and support groups is really vital. Um, advocating for healthy diets, balanced meals, good nutrition, limiting caffeine and other mood altering drugs is definitely a best practice. We need to model that and encourage our trainees to, to do those things. And also the AMA has a steps forward program that includes recognizing the shared responsibility for burnout, measuring student well-being, optimizing the curriculum, like Dr. Henry said, helping control student loan debt, which is a big stressor for trainees, optimizing the learning environment and cultivating community and promoting self-care and resiliency. And what about you, Dr. Henry? Yes, uh, thank you. I think Dr. Noble James mentioned (laughs) a great deal of them, but I will add to uh, her laundry list of uh, innovative programs like peer support programs have been extremely helpful. We have one here for internal medicine residency program where we're available 24 seven. And uh, if you have any issues, it doesn't have to necessarily have been an issue with a patient. It could be a personal and uh, other issues that are, are going on. Uh, but I also like to think of proactive approaches as well. And I love the one that NYU does, and that's what they call resilience rounds. And so they have learners from all levels of training, uh, students, residents, fellows, faculty, and staff, and they're all telling and receiving stories about thriving and resilience. And they do this quarterly. And so you're, you're listening to each other, you're validating one another uh, of some of the feelings that we're all feeling. Uh, and so there are also student or resident wellness committees. And we have some of these here at our institution those are extremely helpful as well because you really want to listen to the learners. You want to listen to the students and the residents. What do they need? And provide targeted resources and support through various activities because we all um, experience and uh, process stress differently. So some of us may need to do narrative writing or yoga. Some of us may want to do something more physical like sports activity or something more nature or just meditation and mindfulness. So we find all of those programs to be innovative and helpful. How can our audience get more information on medical school or workplace wellness, Dr. Henry? Yeah, so uh, like uh, Dr. Noble James, uh, Nobles James mentioned that the AMA Steps Forward has a really great um, resources listed on their website. They have modules, uh, they have handouts, they have uh, PowerPoints. So really it's already ready made and, and you can just tailor it to your institution. So I find those to be extremely helpful. Also our very own GRIT, Georgia's Resilience Innovation Team, Physician and Training Resources on the MAG website and Organized Medicine Groups. They also have a lot of resources tailored to your particular specialty. Great, thank you. Anything you'd like to add on to that, Dr. Nobles James? Nope, I think Dr. Henry covered it. Those are all great ideas. Fantastic. And beginning with Dr. Henry, do you have any final takeaway points? 
Yeah, so my takeaway really uh, from this uh, interview today is to for you to be able to normalize um, counseling, normalizing seeking help. And as you know, in medicine, we have this sort of machismo um, sort of culture and no one wants to ask for help and it's seen as a sign of weakness, but it's not a sign of weakness. We all experience it. So normalize the opportunity uh, around seeking counseling and seeking help when you need it. And also for faculty to be aware of how to be able to identify signs and symptoms of burnout. And then in that regard, uh, know what the resources are so that you can connect your students and residents and fellows to those resources. And then finally, that burnout uh, is a systems issue. It's really not a result of your own personal failure or particular self-characteristics. And what about you, Dr. Nobles James? So like Dr. Henry said, about 50% of trainees are dealing with burnout, depending on the article that you read and the students that you speak with. Burnout affects trainees' professional goals and their personal relationships, as well as patient care. Medical schools, hospitals, and other administrators must continue to work to decrease the incidence of burnout in medical schools um, in residents and fellows. Our sincere thanks to Dr. Tracy Henry and Dr. Candy Nobles-James for addressing some really important issues. We would also like to thank Alliant Health Solutions for supporting MAG's grit campaign. As always, we thank and applaud our tireless and heroic physicians and allied healthcare professionals and staff for everything they do every day. From everybody at MAG, thanks for watching, and we'll catch up with you on the next edition of Top Docs. Thanks for watching this episode of Top Docs. Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow MAG on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget that you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash From everybody at MAG, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.